Jay Kokorowski here, a second podcast episode for this week. I know we, we what, almost two months worth of no podcast here on the site, and then we come back and we uh, we hit off two in a row in uh, this week. And thank you all for making the last episode we had back on Sunday be one of our largest listened uh, episodes we've had out there. It's it's great. We appreciate it. Uh, you know. Tune in there. We had some initial fall camp impressions there. We had the Caden Lyles interview from Media Day. Heading into this one, we got some big ones. So the reason why I wanted to get to this uh, this week is that uh, we have interviews from Media Day. We haven't had a chance to really digest here at Bucky's fifth quarter. And so what we're going to do is, you know, coming up, I would say um, a few minutes from now, we'll, we'll play John Dietzen's audio from his time at left tackle. Uh, it's talking about the, the change, like what he used. We've talked about him being at left tackle uh, going on throughout fall camp, him and Cole Van Lannen. He's also gotten some at right tackle. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit too. So uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. And then uh, on top of that, we are going to uh, also have audio from Aaron Vopel, the defensive end, redshirt freshman, got some first-team reps early on, has been working with the second-team unit so far in fall camp starting on Monday from what we've seen. Uh, we'll play some of that audio. I thought it was really intelligent. It's a, It was a great interview from Aaron, uh, so make sure you enjoy, uh, enjoy that. And then at the end, we'll play from Monday defensive coordinator Jim Leonard and talk about what he has seen so far and talking about Caden Lyles being a first team defensive end going through Matt Henningsen, who, you know, is, is with the first team unit right now, uh, who for since what Monday and, and Tuesday's camp. And, and today we're recording on a Wednesday night. So you will not, you know, we were not at practice because there wasn't any, and there'll be some, uh, Thursday morning. I'll be there for Bucky's fifth quarter. And of course, I'll give you my 7,000 tweets uh, talking about you know post-practice along with our photos and, and whatnot too. So uh, on this edition of Bucky Smith Podcast, let's just talk real quick some updated injuries, right? And I wanted to get into this just because uh, we are, you know, we, there, there's some there's some big news there when it comes to you're kind of looking at, um, you know, you had another player that was out for the year is a reserve player, obviously. It is offensive lemon from Wanakee, Wisconsin, walk on a walk on Blake Smith back right leg injury. He injured that. I believe was it. I think it was sad that Saturday, that Saturday practice. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, but who's been out the past couple of days, right? Uh, you know, you have, uh, first off limited, uh, wide receiver, Jack Dunn left arm injury. He did not look good. Uh, on Tuesday night underneath the lights of Camp Randall Stadium. For those that don't know, I mean, basically uh, he landed hard on his shoulder. It looked like a shoulder or arm um, coming up there. And uh, basically, you know, on Tuesday, that was, um, I believe, Monday. And then, yeah, he, I mean, that was a, a rough injury there where, I mean, he's practicing through it. He's working hard through it. And, uh, you know, but every time, like, some contact would hit, you'd see a little bit of a, an arm 
kind of, you know, just kind of favoring the arm. Uh, Garrett Groshek still has that cast slash wrap around his right hand and wrist area. So, uh, but he's limited. Both had the yellow, nah, no contact jerseys uh, out, you know, for, for what it was on Tuesday, you know, inside linebacker, TJ Edwards, uh, Duran Harold, cornerback, Fayon Hicks, fullback Alec Ingold. They're all listed technically as right leg injuries. They didn't specify specify where on the right leg, obviously. So that's something just to, you know, obviously it's early on in camp. You'd rather have these injuries early in camp rather than later uh, to jeopardize any possible playing time coming up August 31st. Folks, we are, gosh, we are, what is it now? Three weeks away, almost three weeks away, three weeks, two days away from the season opener. So hopefully you guys are getting excited. Uh, Isaiah Loudermilk, of course, still out with a left thing, left leg injuries in or Neville, uh, right leg was out, uh, yesterday, Emmett Perry, left leg, uh, Christian Volpe Testa, right leg. And so essentially what it's going to come down to is, uh, you know, like it's a, it's, it, you know, we'll see what comes out tomorrow's practice report. Uh, a day of rest could help some players get back onto the field. Uh, we're not necessarily sure, but on, t- on that note, both Blake Smith back and Christian Volpentista are off the 110 man roster. Tyler Mace also from Wanaki, And then um, Michael Balistrieri, a defensive lineman. They are now on the 110 man roster and they were uh, practicing a bit on Tuesday night. So that's some, there's some, uh, roster updates there. Um, before we get into some audio with John Dietzen, uh, and this, it'll kind of be a great segue into this. We are, we are looking into this. It's the offensive line. You know, I want to talk about some of the observations, um, from early this, from early this week and even last week, uh, offensive line, you know, you have that, you know, who's going to start, on four of the five positions. And, and obviously that we've talked about it before. There are going to be some key positions looking at let, you know, I mean, key players at left tackle. It's John Deetson. It's Cole Van Lannan. That's the competition there. And, you know, Deetson's actually looked pretty good in, in pass protection drills. Um, you know, when he's obviously the key is his health, right? It's always a, I mean, it's for every player. If you can stay healthy at the, at the higher, you know, you have that most, optimal way to contribute is if you're healthy and then obviously you put that forth that effort. So really, you know, he, he's looked good from what I've seen and it'll be interesting to see, like he's gotten the first team reps. Cole Van Lennon will then go in uh, as well. Uh, And then I've even seen John Deaton at right tackle to suspel David Edwards. Uh, You need a a tackle that, you know, you need some cross training, possibly Uh, you need players that uh, really just, uh, you know I mean, decent will always be a left guard too with that cross training too. So, but you know, you've seen a little bit of work at right tackle for him and I'm just wondering like, what's going to, you know, what'll come, come of it. So, uh, you'll keep an eye. Well, I'll keep an eye up on that come Thursday morning. Uh, and obviously through the rest of the week and whenever practices are open and available. So, uh, you know, with that too, let's get to that audio real quick with John Dietzen. I spoke with him. Uh, I'm Jake Kokorowski. If I didn't say that earlier, uh, talking about just the transition to the left tackle, where they expect them to play, what, what the learning curve is. And it's really a similar conversation, probably to what Michael Dieter spoke with reporters with last year when he bumped out to the edge, uh, to go up against those, you know, those type of Years past rushers and whatnot too. So without further ado, here's John Dietzen talking. This is last Wednesday 
So that that is August 1st on Wisconsin's uh, local media day. And here is the conversa- conversation here on Bucky's fifth podcast. So my first question, are you going to bring back the mullet? Is that done? We're here with John I've Dietz. Already, I've already thought about it, um, but I, I haven't fully executed. I got really close to – I had it pretty long last season, and I just got too, too much to deal with it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But it might – Still, it's still got a chance to come back, I guess. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to you know, on the field, you know, the, you know this, this fall camp, what do you get? What are your expectations? I know, talking you know, here and on the you know, Joe Riddle talking about uh, you know, possibly bouncing up, you know, to left tackle too. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where are they looking to slot yet? Are they, you know, are they going to be both left guard and left tackle going on, or what are they expecting to, to compete? Right now, it's looking um, left tackle. Uh, that's kind of where um, me and Rudolph have discussed. Um, even you know trying to flip based off of that maybe to the right things like that um but yeah it's definitely going to be a lot of tackle emphasis stuff this whole camp uh you know i've got guys like Dieter who did what i did last year or did what i'm doing now last year so i got guys to lean on um and i think it's gonna be a big learning thing uh it might be a little learning curve but uh it's going to be something that I think is going to benefit us in the end. So, what's the biggest trend? I mean, going from the interior to uh, bumping out. The timing, timing of the pass sets and all that kind of stuff. It's it's going to be a completely different ball game out there. Um, I've been out there in high school, but obviously it's completely different uh, with the speed and power that we have in the Big Ten. So, um, you know, it'll be. Uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I've worked all summer trying to get my set down and feel as comfortable as I can in that that stance and the and the pass set. Uh, so I think it's going to be something that I'm going to have to continue to work on and hopefully uh, perfect it. So, uh, With the offensive line coming back, I mean, you, have, you started uh, the two deep of, of potential starters. Like, how, how do you guys push each other you know, with competition and, and to make each other better? Um, I think one of our biggest competitions is uh, um, something we stress is being, you know, violent finishers and um, making sure we're, we're playing uh, Playing O-line the way it should be played, I guess, is kind of the, <laughs> the way we'd like to talk about it. But, you know, playing tough. And, uh, you know, you can you can see on the film, um, whether it's, like, knockdowns or, like, a big play or something like that, you can see when someone's like, oh, man, that, that dude is tough or that dude's working hard. And those kind of things are the things that we all take a lot of pride in. So as soon as you recognize it in another guy, um, you know, you, you let that guy know that you saw that. And, you know, they do the same thing to you. So it's, it's a, definitely a good relationship. When it comes to what are the expectations for this offense? I mean, you hear maybe us and maybe we hype it a little bit too much where, you know, the returning starters, you know, the experience on the offensive line, you know, Heisman Trophy caliber running back, experienced quarterback, taking another step of wide receivers and, and tight ends and kind of that. What are your guys' expectations for yourselves um, this camp and into the season? Um, I guess coming off of a season like last season, um, you know, and returning the guys we are, uh, it's not so much thinking about, you know, how do we uh, look past uh, or not look past, but uh, uh, move on, I guess, and try to do the same thing this season. But to do that, you don't think about everything that happened last season. You think about all the work you did to make that happen last season. So um, as far as expectations, um, I think the only expectations we have on the offensive line is to absolutely bust their butt in this camp and be the best line we can possibly be.
Who made the near opinion from who you saw in the summer condition? Who made the biggest gains, either like body gains. development or even weight? Um, I think maybe it wasn't even the summer, but I think just in general, Russ has that dude has gotten a lot bigger since I, since he got here, and uh, he's definitely shown a lot more aggressiveness from his first uh, reps till now. So that's that's a guy I think I've seen a lot of improvement out of. All right, now talk. That was John Deason, obviously. Here we're back here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski, and thanks again for listening, and, and thanks again for, you know, obviously tuning in ever since we started this Badger-centric podcast back in the late winter, early spring, bringing you all Wisconsin Badgers news. We're going to also talk, you know, we got things in the works, hopefully not to tease too much, but hopefully a big thing coming up toward in September. And then also, uh, we also, you know, hopefully going to be talking more too with, uh, with volleyball. We're going to try to include obviously, uh, some of the other sports, uh, not just football, even though I know that's very heavy and people want to know about that too. Obviously women's volleyball is very important. Hopefully to get uh, a podcast going with that, with, uh, one, with a couple of our writers there. So, uh, let's, let's go into, let's talk more about football though. Right. Uh, and we are, you know, some big plays, so some stuff we've seen this week, Kendrick Pryor, who I'm going to be talking with tomorrow, uh, and hopefully I'll have a podcast up on the weekend, kind of rehashing everything that's happened uh, after those practices. Hopefully I'll have that up Sunday night. Uh, I'll play the audio there. But what Kendrick has done so far uh, this week has been impressive, and he had about three to four touchdowns on Monday in some red zone skeleton, red zone seven-on-seven work, however you want to talk about it. He looked really solid, just uh, some some back-to-back touchdown passes from Jack Cohn, and then I believe that Alex Honeybrook found him at least twice on that, uh, that day, and he is really... I mean, you saw what he could do when given the opportunity. He's going to be a redshirt sophomore this year. So a third-year player came in in the same class as Quintess Cephas and A.J. Taylor, who you could probably assume could be the starters. And A.J. Taylor's look sharp. Quintess Cephas's look sharp. Uh, now you have, you know, and you also have Danny Davis, for that matter, who who has looked good, and he had a touchdown uh, as well. Uh, I believe it was yesterday on Tuesday night and some uh, some red zones and some, some work there. So, no, it, it'll be very interesting to see how those, how that team, you know, how the team utilizes them and distributing the ball. But Kendrick Pryor had a big day on Monday. Then on Tuesday, uh, towards the end of practice and some team drills, he really moved down. I mean, he had a 44-yard touchdown reception. Alex Hornibrook threw a perfect dime, beat coverage. It looked like it was the reserves defense uh, as a disclaimer, but still uh, he got behind the defense and Hornibrook aired it out there. If anyone has got any problems about or issues with Hornibrook's arm, don't. Uh, It was a perfectly thrown ball, uh, got underneath it, caught it, had a little bit of a celebration, right? Uh, Which is fine uh, for practice, but uh, I think I believe he dunked the, dunked it, and next thing you know, uh, the referees that were there, one of them threw the flag for some excessive celebration. So, uh, but yeah, this is, there's a lot of confidence in this wide receiver group. Uh, I know. I think Julia Cox mentioned uh, from she's from NBC 15 here in Madison, WMTV. I believe the Fatal Four nickname is out there with the top four wide receivers. We'll see if uh, that stick that sticks or not. So it's a you know that, that but you know he had a great couple days, uh, you know, and you saw what he did last year where, you know, I mentioned it a bit ago, but, you know, in the running game where you can take an end around nicely. And then also in the passing game, um, going up in that Iowa game and reaching up and grabbing it for a touchdown, uh, touchdown going up and like I said, going up in the air, at the highest point and, and coming down with the ball. So uh, it'll be, 
you know, I, th- I expect big things from him in this wide receiver core, which, you know, I've argued is the deepest and the most potent possibly since, I don't know, uh, maybe the 2003 season, 2004, the Lee Evans, uh, Brandon Williams, Jonathan Orr type. Uh, and I think this, this group has the ability to exceed that. And it's part of an offense that could be the most potent since Russell Wilson led 2011 unit that, you know, put up over 40 points a game and just were, were dangerous uh, week in and week out. So um, let's see. Going with that, uh, taking a look at, let's, let's go defense real quick, right? Uh, first off, you know, nickel defense, you know, we got a little bit of a taste of that where, uh, you know, first week we didn't really see, we saw a lot of, you know, base type of looks with uh, not a lot. I mean, they, they went half pack on, uh, you know, they went half pack uh, later in the week. You didn't really see too much, but um, it was mostly, you know, it was a base type look, you know, two, you know, two cornerbacks, two safeties. Now they did some nickel work and it is, you know, uh, it looks like Dante Carrier Williams, and with this is with Fayon Hicks out by the way too, so that's something to take it take into account. But Fayon Hicks, and then you have um, also with him out, Dante Carrier Williams, Caesar Williams, and Madison Cohn. And I've seen Madison Cohn mostly in the slot. I thought on Tuesday, and I reported it on on Tuesday's report that I thought he was also working on the outside during those nickel looks uh, when I was scanning the field. Uh, we'll see how much he does. You know what what Cohn can do. Um, you'll you'll hear Jim Leonard in just a little bit talking about uh, Madison Cohn, what he brings in the slot, and if he's the best uh, player needed for that. Um, and, and you'll you'll hear Jimmy's response on that. So uh, we'll see uh, when it comes to that. Uh, how they use him and how Fayon Hicks, you know, before that, it looked like a hamstring. Uh, they officially called it a, a right leg. Again, I don't think it's going to be a long-term injury, but, you know, just keep it, we'll keep an eye on that because uh, I think Hicks has the uh, great athletic ability. I think he, he could be a great addition. I know they're unproven in that secondary, but I think he has the ability to really make an impact, uh, you know, if not this year, next year, but, uh, he, he, I mean, it'd be good if they, you know, you want a player, uh, of of his uh, potential to be out there and getting that game experience. I think he he could definitely make a difference on that defensive line, uh, not not defensive line, but uh, the defensive backfield. Uh, looking at that though, I mean, another thing just from yesterday, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, kind of a freak athlete for those that have obviously watched him and, and, you know, especially last year and the end of the last end of last year, more, uh, precisely the, just some, uh, red zone modified team drill work they had. He goes up, I mean, he's in coverage and, uh, picks off, a, I believe it was a Hornybrook pass and, you know, just athleticism one-handed he tips it basically to himself, uh, reels it down in and next, you know, and it was a big, big play there. And I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that, I mean, he's going to be a player that shines this year. I think, you know, barring injury, uh, he, defenses will have to game plan against him. He is leaner than a Garrett Dooley or a Leon Jacobs. I think uh, paired with a Zach Bond, they have an ability to really make an impact. Uh, I'm really, yeah, I'm in, I'm intrigued. Uh, I think he is one of the best players on the defense. I, you know, I, and that's in my humble opinion, uh, along up there with a lot, you know, TJ Edwards, Ryan Conley, I think Andrew Van Giggles right up there. And, you know, obviously you have Alive Sangapolu and, and Dakota Dixon who, you know, I feel, Obviously, they're they're right up there, 
too with their senior leadership. But I think, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle, I think, will be the next in line for the uh, next, you know, I won't say great, but I think he'll be the next NFL-bound outside linebacker. And I think, like I said, defenses are going to have to scheme against him. Uh, it, it should be fun to see how he progresses in his last season as a Badger. So, uh, you know, we'll get to defensive line, but what, let's do, let's go, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this. We're going to have Aaron Vopel uh, from Media Day again. It's last Wednesday. So uh, another thing for you guys to, to kind of keep in in mind here is these are kind of a week old, but, you know, they also give an insight into, you know, their game planning into this year. And Vopel was with the first team uh, defensive line, the presumed first team defensive line, I think is the best way to put it uh, just because, uh, you know, they've been mixing and matching a lot, but uh, Olivia, any line that has Olivia Sangapolu in there is in my opinion, the first team defensive line, right? And uh, so you have Olive and then Caden Lyles, and then it was Aaron Vopel to start off fall camp. And this week, Monday and Tuesday, you've been seeing more of Matt Henningsen. And we'll get into that with Matt about Matt in just a little bit. But first, let's let's listen into Aaron Vopel. A really good conversation with him, by the way. Uh, and you'll hear this coming up, and just you'll hear his words and just uh, the fact that he feels the unit needs to step up. Uh, Tune in now, listen in. Uh, great interview here on Bucky's fifth podcast from last Wednesday from Media Day. Here's Aaron Vopel. We're here with Aaron Vopel. And first off, how was your summer? <laughs> it was a great summer, you know. A lot of good work. Feel pretty, I feel pretty good coming off that. I, say, I know with, with the injuries to Garrett and, and Isaiah, just, I mean, what's what's the thought process with the with the group and, and, and you know, working and, and pushing yourselves? Uh, you know, it's a mentality that we've always had. You know, it's next man up. It's unfortunate for Garrett and Isaiah to have the circumstances that they have, but you can't change that. You can only go forward. And I think that, like, you know, this program's shown time and time again, someone goes down, you have to step up. That's how we have, that's how we hold our identity, and that's how we become the program that we need to be. And when it comes to, you know, what, how much extra work did you guys, I mean, obviously you have your summer conditioning, but, uh, you know, I know I've heard from Olive and from, from Kane that you guys, you know, would work either, you know, sometimes, you know, during the week, weekend. Yeah. How many times a week extra did you guys put in? Probably, you know, three times. Uh, you know, after workouts, Olive would be instrumental, you know, leading us, you know, leading us through drills helping us learn the playbook and you know being he was a great leader this summer and uh, i'm looking forward to you know learning from him this season as well as you know developing myself what's been the biggest thing that you've had to work on like yeah man i remember talking to coach rectorfield and nokia told me that you you know like when you came here maybe you had two left feet when you first started as a friend yeah, as a first i think year. the big idea is knowing what's going on you know i didn't really come from a very complex system in high school you know when you start throwing things at me you know i got i'd be very confused at practice i wouldn't know what's going on but now that i know what's going on it's you know playing with that same intensity every time and playing you know up to the standard that they need me to pulling up against the offensive line hub i mean how's that helped you to progress i mean you're going against guys that are just great players you know every day they're going to come at you with their best and you know if you don't come prepared you're going to get beat and, you know, it's not saying that if I do come prepared, I, I'll get, I could get beat. But, you know, you got to make sure you put yourself in the best position to win those battles because they are a fantastic unit this year, and I you know, respect them a lot. And I'm just an you know, honor to you know, practice against them and, you know, test my medal against some of the best college football I have to offer. Uh, Good. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of reps in the spring. I mean, obviously with um, – 
Isaiah and uh, Summer, how important do you think that is just for you to have had some of those reps in the spring so that you know, when fall camp comes, it's not like it's not so new to be out there for the first team? Uh, it's, it's pretty, you know, I'd say it's important because, you know, you get a feel for who's around you and you get a feel of, you know, the kind of tempo that we play at, at that unit. And it's it was a very productive spring for me, I feel like, you know, learning, like, not only how to play myself, but how to play with people around me and what I need to do to make them successful, as long as, as well as make me successful. So I think that those springs, like, every rep in the spring is crucial at that point. What was your reaction to hearing that, you know, Garrett was going to be out you know, for the season and then with Isaiah, you know, he's going to get back as soon as he can, but uh, well, how was it for you when you heard about uh, guys in your position, guys who probably are around a lot, I mean, above all, Garrett's a friend of mine. You know, I feel awful for him because this was going to be a big year for him. You know, as a guy in the program, as a person that's been around him, we feel just awful because he was looking to be like productive player this year, really going to to help us. You know, and I saw Myers' reaction. I just felt bad for Garrett. Sure. And uh, you know, after that kind of settles, you look at the situation and say, you know. Now you kind of need to step up. You need to take your role to the next level, and it's uh, more of a day-to-day thing. Like you need to take—I would say things got more serious. You need to take it day-to-day, and you need to. This is you're talking about taking it more serious. Taking it more serious. You know these guys—they got it down so they can do whatever. But uh, for me, it's uh, taking it serious. Every day has got to be better than the last one. You know, every day, even if it's just lifting, like. How, what can I do that this week that I wasn't able to do last week? What can I pick up on mentally that I wasn't able to pick up on the day before? And going into camp, that's also, you know, kind of accelerate process. Like, what can I do to make sure that I'm better than yesterday? That, you know, above all else, when that game first rolls around, they can't say I didn't get better. So I need to get better this camp. And I think it's a day-to-day thing. It starts tomorrow. It starts, you know, tonight when I go to bed, make sure I get the adequate amount of rest and make sure that I'm ready to go tomorrow you know, strap it in and make sure that I do what I need to do to make myself and this team better. Do you think some of the other defensive ends, younger guys and older guys, kind of had that same, you know, feeling that... It's a it's collective it's feeling, to, you, know, you know, it's time to step it up as a unit. I mean, not just me, I mean, we've been talking about me, but, you know, it's a unit. It's guys that have been here, like Craig mm-hmm. and uh, David Foff. I mean, those guys have been here, they've, you know helped me out when I was first coming out. And so uh, it's time for us to step up as a unit, not just individuals. All right, guys, we're about ready to start wrapping up this show. We are going to play the full interview that we had with, uh, not the interview, but just the media availability we had with defensive coordinator Jim Leonard on Monday and in a good talk with him, just a full gamut of details you'll hear coming up. Caden Lyles, what it, you know, what it's take for him to be a first-team defensive end right off the bat after transitioning. That's, like I said, it's insane. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll talk with Caden coming up later this week uh, in terms of defensive players being available. Tomorrow's offensive players, I got to get my my request in before uh, the end of this show. So I'll be doing that. And then, uh, yeah, defense. that's offensive players tomorrow on Thursday and then Friday's defensive players. So uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But then, um, yeah, we'll wrap up the show right after this. But, yeah, a lot of good stuff from Jimmy on – 
the the fact of of what he had you know just Zach Bond talking about Madison Cohn to Ron Harrell who he praised a lot and making the big jump from spring ball and among other details too I had a, you'll hear my question at the end talking about just how hard it is with the defensive end the four eye technique that Wisconsin deploys uh, and they expect their ends to know and so uh, great answer from uh, from the defensive coordinator there former. Walk on, turned NFL veteran, turned now big time assistant coach in Wisconsin. So, uh, without further ado, here's Jimmy Leonard here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Jim, what have your impressions been of the, the D line and, and the, the way that they've tried to come together, knowing that you know, Isaiah's out and, and Garrett as well? What, what stood out most to you? I think the number one thing is you see how that group works. You know, they're very hungry and, and motivated and. They know that they have a long way to go here. We've got a lot of young guys with not much experience. Um, so you add Olive to that group and his leadership and uh, just where he's trying to take that group, it's a lot of fun and very limited. You know, we haven't had the full pads on. We haven't done a whole lot of competitive 11-on-11 football. So still a lot to be determined uh, with that group. But I think we're pleased with the first few days. And um, we know it's going to be a process getting them ready for week one and just progressing all throughout the season. Has Caden's athleticism stood out, especially considering this is basically his first week flipping over to defense? Uh, I think we knew about the athleticism. You know, we've, we've played against it every day. Um, so we knew how athletic he was. To me, the thing that stood out is just how comfortable. Um, he has a great understanding of the game. Obviously, all the adjustments and, and what they need to see on the offensive line really helps him. Game is a little simpler um, with what we're going to ask him to do. And I think just the, the comfort level that I've seen and he looks like he's been there for a while. You know, he's still got a lot of stuff to clean up and will grow a lot. But, uh, you know, he looks like he belongs. He's not one of those guys that has a million questions um, and just has that kind of confused look on his face. He's very sure of what he's doing, and uh, I think he's going to have a great camp. What has uh, Matt Henningsen done well to get some, get some first-team reps this game so far? Um, I think, first of all, it's understanding the defense. You know, he knows what he's supposed to do. And, and going through last year, I think he took huge strides physically got his body in a place where uh, he's going to put himself in a position to compete and uh, it's just a consistency you know just like that whole group has to continue to grow um, to impact the game like we need them to um, but he's put himself in that conversation of, of earning big time reps and a big role this fall and uh, it's really comes through just consistency and putting in work if Zach Bond is able to stay healthy what what, what do you think he can provide as a compliment to, to Andrew what are the skills that you think can, can help him thrive? Uh, we've always been excited about Zach. Um, athletically, very talented kid. Um, brings a different uh, athletic ability to the position uh, that not quite as physical maybe as we've had in the past, a little bit more athletic. Um, does some really good things in pass rush and then in coverage. You know, it's very talented in space. And uh, we're excited about that position you know and the big thing with Zach is just getting him healthy and, and getting him through the season um, you feel like he's been around for a long time but he really hasn't got a lot of game experience um, that's been a little limited for him so just continuing to grow um, and being sure getting more confident you know, I think he knows what he's supposed to do and now it's gaining the confidence to go dominate like we, we asked that position to do. I know we got dinged up a little bit today but Daron Harrell what do you like about his body type, I guess, at that position? Something I don't think you guys really have had. I think there's a lot of things to like about Duran. Uh, one, making the switch and mentally being able to pick it up. 
very smooth athlete. Obviously, he has great height, great length for the corner position, but he's very smooth. And uh, you see the receiver in him a lot, just how he gets in and out of breaks and can transition. Uh, so it's just continuing to, to push kind of that knowledge base and get him confidence. But um, he does some things extremely well. Um, I'm excited for his future. You know, it's going to continue to grow throughout the course of, of this season just because of the lack of experience. But uh, he does some things that very hard to coach, just pretty natural feel for the game. So um, excited about where he's at this point. Do you think he's maybe ready to help you guys this year? Or is he still pretty raw in the position after the transition? Uh, he's going to put himself in a position to compete. There's no question about it. Um, Coverage-wise, very fluid, um, very talented there uh, and growing. You know, took huge strides uh, here this first week in camp from spring ball. Until spring ball, everything was a little bit fast, and now you just look out there and he looks like he's comfortable knowing what he's supposed to do. And obviously, our offense is kind of early in the installs a little bit, so there's more to go in. And once you put the pads on, it changes a little bit as well. But um, in coverage, you know, definitely going to be in the mix. Um, and it's just how far can you get the knowledge of, of the rest of the scheme and just kind of transitioning to some of those other offenses we're going to see in season now where he how comfortable he stays in some of the teamwork you had stocky and grady pair together on the inside mm -hmm. and today sam really got some looks there was that are you guys just rolling guys through or had jack showing you something that said okay well let's see what he can do with this group over here uh, right now we're at the point where we're rolling a lot of guys and just trying to find out kind of who's where and who knows what doing a lot of two group stuff so obviously that spreads your groups out and you know we're kind of splitting our veterans up a little bit to, to have a little bit of leadership within some of those groups so not necessarily true depths as far as where you see people but just trying to get a lot of reps and you know mason's done some some really good things physically um got to continue to push health wise and then jack the same thing you know you look out there and what you want your inside linebackers to look like. So we're, we're excited about those guys and Griff as well taking the next step and you know, physically um, a little bit different than he was a year ago. So uh, a number of guys are putting themselves in position. That's what this week has been all about. Can you put yourself in a position to fight for that role? Especially when you got experience in front of you. You got TJ, you got Ryan where you know Chris or a lot of experience. You know, who's going to be the next guy? Who's going to be the next two or three guys? Um, that's kind of every position right now. Excited about how we're working, and said I think we're getting a pretty clear picture on mentally where guys are, and then the physical side is going to pick up next week. Here on Thursday. Here you mentioned Pennington. I mean, this program has had a tradition of bringing in walk-ons. Obviously, do you guys? What do you guys think you have? I think we definitely saw a guy that down the line, if he progressed the way you thought, was, was going to be a scholarship kid um, physically. You know, there was a lot of programs that really liked him, and uh, our, ourselves included. So um, it doesn't necessarily surprise us. Maybe surprises you that he may have the role he's going to in year two. You know, traditionally, this guy might get that role in year three, year four, year five. Um, but just work. That, that's a credit to the kid um, to, to put in the work, like I said, mentally and physically to, to give yourself a chance. Obviously, the, the depth at that position and from one year to the next drastically changed. So, you know, understanding that there's going to be opportunities out there and, and putting in the work to, to speed up that process for himself. So, I know, know Madison Cone has played a little bit outside, but you've also used him a lot in the slot. Do you, mm -hmm. do you view him as your, your best slot right now? 
Um, probably at this point. Um, he worked there all season. He didn't necessarily get many reps in games, but um, he really worked there throughout the entire course of the season. So more comfortable there, probably more reps inside uh, than outside. So I think he's kind of got the upper hand at that position just because of the comfort level. But going to get to the point where we're going to push a lot of guys. You know, we haven't had a lot of nickel situations so far in camp, but you know, the depth that we have at corner right now, um, I think the skill set that some of those guys have is really good for the slot and just going to continue to push and grow. And the, the more depth we have uh, at that position, we're going to be better for it. What is it about Madison's skill set that you like on that um, I think the way he moves, first of all, is, is suited really well for the slot. Um, the physicality he has, the, the twitch that he has, um, he's willing to tackle. You know, he showed that last year throughout the season. Um, he's willing to throw his body in there and, and he can blitz. Uh, game looks a little different when you start getting closer to the ball. And uh, I think he's got a good feel for that. And he played some safety in high school, so he's not a guy that you get, get in there and kind of saw the game differently, wasn't comfortable. He was pretty comfortable early. and. Now it's just he's really tried to own that position and, uh, and own that role. Uh, spent a lot of time in the soft season. You've obviously seen this wide receiver group up close. It's you know arguably the one of the deeper and more talented units they've had in a long time. From your perspective as a coordinator, what what is the biggest challenge in trying to deal with you know at least the four guys that that, that they mm -hmm. can throw out there? And, and how do you even try and you know game plan for for that many players that can do different things? Uh, Obviously, anytime an offense has balance like that, it's hard to really try to take anyone out of the game. You know, you add the run game to it, um, the tight end position, you know, that's what's going to make this offense, I think, dangerous. Is It's going to be very difficult to take an individual out of the game. So depending on what teams are trying to do, I think we're going to be able to have some answers to to counter that. So uh, it's fun, and uh, they work. It's really fun to see those guys in in year two and in year three um, and just seeing how they're working it's it's different you know they're not out here trying to just God, I gotta remember what I gotta do or this detail it's they're taking the next step with with this whole process and it's fun you're seeing them you know I'm not watching the individual necessarily but even just in the seven on sevens that we've done you can just see their their focus on certain details uh, is a lot higher and uh, that's gonna help this team out a lot time for a couple more guys if you go how hard is it to, you know, with the defensive ends with like Caden going and working as an end, learning that technique, the four eye, and, and learning the various rules and what he has to you do, not just him, but also like Henningsen and, and some of the younger guys at that position? Uh, I mean, it's tough. We, we ask a lot out of that position. Um, we're very fortunate. We got Coach Noakes. Um, he's, he's tremendous in the 3 4 and, and understanding that position and really trying to make that learning curve a little bit easier for them. So um, I'm excited for the group because of how they work. They, they got an understanding of this defense. And then some of those old guys that haven't had a lot of time on the field yet, but they know what they're doing. Now it's just getting them to let it go. Just go play and, and play fast. Um, there is a lot to that position, you know, a lot of block recognition and different things like that. And it takes time and that's why it's going to be a process every day to get to game one. And then throughout the course of the year, you know, you're going to play a handful of different types of offenses. And it's just trying to take that next step um, and really start feeding it to them now, knowing that, you know, in, in season, we might play eight offenses like this and then a couple more like that. And just trying to get them comfortable with it now. So you get in season, uh, they can make those adjustments easier. Thanks, All right. That was 
defensive coordinator Jim Leonard talking about the you know just everything going on right now that first week of camp and and really again like I said uh, you know we highlight a little bit before I, I'll go a little bit more in detail too like I said we've seen Matt Henningsen get that those first team reps with the defensive line with Olive Sangapolu and Caden Lyles it real really is interesting to see like how this will evolve and you know we, we we're open to fall camp practice coming up next week too so really it you know like we'll see how that evolves over time I, I'm really interested in seeing how this line develops too with David Foff and Aaron Volpel and we'll see if we can get you know if we see a, a guy you know guys like Keldrick Preston if you see um Craig Howe, those those more experienced players step up. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's early on. It's the first week of camp. And tomorrow, from what I'm hearing too, by the way, we're, it sounds like the first day of full pads will be tomorrow, which is Thursday. So uh, that'll be something to watch as well and to see how the guys start hitting and doing more. So uh, stay tuned to that. Uh, but, yeah, Henningsen's looked uh, okay, obviously. He's getting first-team reps for a reason. And I think him and Volpel... Obviously, this, I don't know if you can call it a rotation, but I feel like you need those players that can step up that are game ready, and we'll we'll really kind of dive into it there and really see how uh, they're working their way back. Uh, so uh, there's that, and uh, you know, I you know he's talking about Henningsen real quick. Gosh, you know, walk on from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, you heard what Jimmy Leonard said about essentially you know, them recruiting him. So, uh, you know, we're hoping to talk with him on Friday. I know I'm sure he's going to have uh, quite a bit of play, uh, you know, of media kind of encompassing him and asking him questions. So uh, we'll be one of them in all likelihood. So uh, we'll hopefully we'll play some audio from that on Sunday and Sunday's podcast. Um, but on that note, let's we're already almost 40 minutes in with all these interviews. Uh, let's take it home from there. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another edition of Bucky's fifth podcast. Make sure you guys like us on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter uh, at B5Q on Twitter. For me, at Jake Coco B5Q. Don't be shy. Give me your feedback on how we're doing. We want to make this as Badger-centric and, and as fan-friendly as possible to you guys. So, uh, also, podcast. Listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app. Uh, you can subscribe to obviously on Google Play and on iTunes does not mean you have to pay, right? This is, it's not exclusive. You don't have to pay anything. There's no subscription fee. Just subscribe for free. And like I said, it's free. And we give you, try to give you the best information out there uh, at our disposable. And then also, you know, just uh, like us on Instagram, Bucky's Fifth Quarter. I've been posting tons of pictures and that's where you'll get them first is is on buck on is on instagram on our bucky's fifth quarter page there so make sure you guys check it out and you know we have a ton of fun uh with with those pictures and there are some pretty photogenic badgers to say the absolute least uh looking at you danny davis looking at you kendrick Pryor, and the specialists uh connor allen connor allen uh for on that note so uh closing up the show thanks for listening again uh tune in Coming up again Sunday, I'll have another recap uh, going forward. And you guys have a great week, a uh, rest of the week. We'll talk to you guys soon here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast.